You're listening to CFRC 101.9 FM here in Kingston, and welcome to Screening in Kingston. Did you watch any of the Met Ball coverage? Uh, no, I was too busy uh, seeing Avengers. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm up to five viewings. For anyone keeping track. <laughs> so that's uh, that's fifteen hours. Gosh, well, I can't say the same for myself. No, I know. I'm just <laughs> I'm explaining at, why I I'm haven't done zero. anything else. I mean, aside from seeing the one movie this week. Um, I've, I've just been seeing the Avengers. It's literally what I've done for the past two weeks. Just pumping through your veins. Well, you know, you, you got to go multiple times to get all the nuances of it. If you're a true fan, there's so much that happens in there. Did you, you see just, that they're you know... releasing a box set of all the movies? Yes. So are you going to purchase that? See, the thing is, I already have all the movies, and yet I'm still going to purchase that box set. I mean, that's what they bank on. Absolutely. You know, they same bank with on Lord like of the me. Rings yeah. and Harry Potter. Yeah. Fools like me. Like, I can't walk into Chumley's without buying movies. Of course I'm going to buy that box set. I'm going to buy it the minute it comes out, even though if I just waited a couple months. Count on Amazon, price. it's going <laughs> to... Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm like, oh, no, I'll pay 500 bucks for that, whatever. Like, I'll pay for that. Is that that's how much you think it'll be? No, it'll probably be $150, $200, I would imagine. Okay. I mean, most box set for TV, I'm going off of what a TV series costs you, and that's about what it costs. But I, as a gift. Oh, my God. In the old days, like $60 per season. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my gosh. What a chump I was. And and I think, like, I can't remember. I think it was around $150 or $200 for this amazing box set that I got as a Christmas gift once for Smallville. And that's 10 seasons. So that's a lot of Smallville. Yeah. But I, I have this really nice box set from it, and it's it's incredible. So I'm definitely going to get the box set. And there's always, you know, special features. Exactly. And normally there's, like, commentary. a pretty nice booklet that comes with it. Yeah, so. and I'm a huge fan of commentary. I mean, I'll rewatch movies again and again, but if there's commentary, throw commentary on. I love to see, like, behind the scenes what filmmakers were I thinking. I think the only movie I've ever done that with is Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> Great commentary, though. Oh, wow, okay. It was weirdly based a lot on a lot of like personal things that happened to the writer. You know, I was wondering that about that movie yeah. actually because it's it's almost too random that you think like how those things you really come up with that like yeah. To him. You know what I mean when something's yeah. so ridiculous and you're like that has to have happened. How else would you think of that? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So, absolutely. I'm going to buy the bo- I'm probably going to see it a few more times before it's done in theaters. Probably buy Endgame and then buy the box set still. And then calculate how much you contributed to that to the box office to the one point seven billion dollars that it's up to right now. Yeah, exactly. That's that's exactly what I would do. Calculate several hundred dollars will will be for me for sure. Well, this is a good opportunity to tell our listeners what you have planned for them. This yeah. Week. So uh, yesterday I met up with two friends of mine and we recorded a special podcast that we will be releasing Thursday that is about Avengers Endgame and it's full spoiler talk. So if you listen to us on CFRC um, and you're interested in this, you just have to download it through the podcast, which we'll send out through social media, but you can follow the podcast literally anywhere you can get the podcast. Like, we're there. It was like our Oscar episode. Yeah, it's the exact same thing. It's just, it's it's uh, it's about two hours long, <laughs> uh, the episode, because we really get into it and Taylor makes an appearance at the end for a fun game. So uh, you're gonna get, be able to get that on Thursday, that podcast will be released. Cool. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. So should we just jump into our mailbag? Yeah, I guess. I guess we should continue Sorry on with the show. I mean, to, what's the point? I know you I'm, just want to marinate <laughs> in the end game. I'm not currently sitting and watching Avengers Endgame, so frankly, whatever else I'm doing is irrelevant. Well, I found these well, these movies interesting that we're reviewing this week, so let's... Sure. <laughs> I have. I definitely have thoughts on, on her smell. Absolutely. Yeah. I have thoughts on that movie. Um, but, you know, you know, when you get into a situation where just everything else in life seems frivolous, that's where I am. I can't like Taylor. I can't tell you what I did last night. Do you know why? Because I didn't go see the Avengers Endgame. I have no idea how I spent my time last night. You know what you're missing out on? You're missing out on the Life? new Ted Bundy movie that made it to Netflix already with Zac Efron. That's, that's what I that's watched. That's on there? Yeah, I watched already? that this weekend. Oh. You're missing out, bud. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I haven't even 
like my Netflix is collecting dust. I haven't well, even been on there. And you could have watched Ted. Uh, you could have watched Zac Efron as Ted Bundy. Okay, this well, weekend. I'm I'm going to definitely watch it. I'm very curious actually about that movie, so I'm I'm going to watch it. Okay, that's I've you've. You've given me reason I've to, to do something. You. Yeah, <laughs> you've given me reason to sit on my up. couch <laughs> and watch that movie probably alone. <laughs> so congratulations. Hey, I watched Taylor. it in bed alone. So. <laughs> was, was it any good? Yeah, we'll have to maybe next week if you watched it, we we'll can give a, a okay. review because I am interested because we talked about the trailer of yeah. this movie. So I'll say it was a little bland. Okay, so we will come back yep. and talk about that next week um yeah we do have fan questions our fans have all come back from vacation or they've woken up um out of their winter slumber <laughs> yeah, a couple Spring weeks fever. there everyone disappeared <laughs> um so first question comes from carly hi team i'm curious if either of you had had the chance to see the long shot yet or if you plan on reviewing it i've heard some not great things from critics but when i actually saw it i kind of enjoyed it i don't now don't get me wrong it's not the best romantic comedy ever but again i thought it was really funny and set a great job by seth rogan thanks seth rogan is Funny. And it's Charlize Theron. It's kind of an unlikely um, romantic duo, the two of them. Um, I uh, I don't go to the, the big theater very often these days, um, but believe it or not, The Long Shot is coming to the screening room, I believe, in June. Yes, I did see um, that. Yeah. So it's very likely that I'll probably end up seeing it in order to review it for the show. Um, I like Seth Rogen. I think he always gives like a pretty good comedic performance um i've also heard the mixed reviews about this movie um so uh, you'll have to stay tuned um, yeah for what we think yeah but I've, I've also heard mixed reviews which whenever i hear mixed reviews it actually makes me slightly more interested because then you kind of go in with low expectations yeah yeah and you can see like uh, you know do our thoughts align with a critic or not so yeah i i kind of agree with that i think if it's coming to the screening room we'll probably review it for the show it's not the first time seth rogan <laughs> kind of has played like a schlubby guy who ends up with a woman out of his league uh, I no like i believe that's the thing he generally does it's all his movies right so but that's that's a judd apatow thing because and and i actually judd apatow who creates and writes most of these movies and produces them and and is kind of behind a lot of these yeah. comedies he he relates to that type of character because that's how he sees himself and he's married to leslie mann so he is sees she pretty yeah so he sees himself as like this schlubby guy who who, who married got the, the girl pretty, yeah he got the girl married the pretty girl has a family and like writes stories similar so i mean it happens you know, it i does, see schlubby absolutely. guys with tens all the time absolutely <laughs> all the time yeah <laughs> it, it gives me such hope you know in the, in the world <laughs> so yeah no it's uh, it does happen um outside of the movies and and yeah I, I think that i do i was curious about this movie when i saw a trailer it's definitely not the type of movie i would run to see but because it's coming to the screening room i agree i feel like we will see it, probably, we will review it. yeah yeah so yes but not yet i'm also i'm so distracted i'm moving my computer screens around and i'm not on the fan questions and i'm just flustered and <laughs> Every, just everyone calm down okay, <laughs> <end game diva. laughs> yeah, yeah, i'm just i'm so thrown off um lily uh, asks hi mike and taylor um what genre of movie do you want to see make a comeback and what genre do you think is on its way out love you both lily love you too lily um you know i know you'll hate me to say it but i wouldn't mind seeing the golden age of musicals again like original yeah, like yeah. 1950s you mean like singing in the rain and and yeah like original musicals song and dance you know and those actors were singers and yeah, dancers and yeah. actors i wouldn't mind seeing things that are uh, at least structurally like the greatest showman original music yeah. people who can actually sing and dance performance yes i don't want to see wicked as a movie like yeah. that that's that's where i draw my line it's like keep the stage musicals to the stage if you want to write something then go go do what the south park people did write a yeah. movie musical well Same that's what they were i mean they did you know some of the adaptations were from the stage mm -hmm. but in the 50s there was a lot of There's unique lot of ones. yeah and i'd also say not necessarily like bible epic but like epics kind of we don't see like 1950s like cleopatra like that level of 
grander and costuming. You mean and, like, yeah, and like Ten Commandments? Yeah. Yeah. So I say like Bible epic is kind of, you know, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a no. Bible story. But those those epic yeah. movies. Yeah. They tried to do it yeah. with Noah, um, <laughs> which was like critically just yeah. hang out. I didn't hate Noah. It's just I didn't think it was, you know. I didn't see crack. it. But anyways, that kind of, yeah. you know, what they were trying to do with Noah, I think. Yes. But the problem is... People rely too much on CGI. If we're yes, going to make these epics, it needs to be like in the 50s, how they were more yes. or less. What do they call that when it's it's practical effects? Yes. Right. Yeah. Practical effects would be, I think, key in, in making those. I want to see an epic with practical effects when we have like Gandhi was the last movie that had like mm-hmm. in terms of extras, mm-hmm. they used actual extras instead mm-hmm. of CGIing the crowd. I want to see actual yeah. extras again. And I think, you know, we got we, we get little snippets of things like the movie. Um, I really liked the concept of that movie Risen that came out a few yeah, years ago. Yeah, that was good. Like I, and I really liked it, but it didn't really go anywhere. So no. I, I feel like that those Bible epics, there's so many great stories there. There's lots of great things you can do. I actually would like to see more Bible epics done in in that grand scale yeah. way, just just like Ten Commandments was and like there's so many great stories. You know, in like there. Gone with the Wind, that's from the thirties, yeah. but again yeah. that like those epics huge and huge practical movies. Yeah. let's yeah. use practical effects. Yeah. You know, anyway. Let's stop remaking Stars Born for five minutes. I know <laughs> I know it's hard for people, but like let's just take let's take maybe fifty, sixty, seventy years off from a Star is Born and make those types of things. That would be great. Yeah. yeah. I mean I think yeah, I think genre wise I, I I grew up watching westerns, and I would love to see a couple more interesting westerns. Like I've seen, I really liked Hell or High Water, and even though it's not set in sort of western time, but that that sort of more grungy Middle America yeah. sort of movie, I thought that was really good. Um, and I think that I would like to see more of that. And I do think that's a genre that westerns were huge for a very long time. They're politically loaded. Yes, they are. Yes. So it would be interesting to see to, a western how do you get now that? Yeah. without kind of yeah. the racism. There was, um, <laughs> there was one that did it really well. The Hateful I, Eight? No. Um, yes. I mean, I like The Hateful True Eight. Grip? No. These Further back, kinda... Open Range? No. Is that it? I will be honest. I haven't watched a lot of I think, current... I think Kevin Costner was in it and i think Dances it was called <laughs> no i think it was called open range or something like that and i think robert duvall was in it and it had one of the best sort of gunfights right. that i've ever seen in terms of sound quality like they, they just did such a great job with that and, and using the cinematography and i don't remember i i remember them it was so that movie was so focused on this one area yeah. that i don't think it got that politically charged so i think those types of of films you could do something with i'd be i'd be happy to see more westerns yeah. you know and done well and yeah. critically the second um, the sorry, second part ahead. of it yeah so the second part of the question is what genres do we think are on the way out i haven't seen a lot of straight up comedies in a while like just you know silly comedies like gross out comedies not not even necessarily like anchorman yeah where it's like kind of like an original story comedy with with a bunch of comedy people like i know there's like, like the national lampoon yes. era yeah, yeah. Of national comedy. lampoon that SNL. type of thing and yeah well you take the current snl stars and throw them in a movie night at the roxbury you know just yeah, just a ridiculous true. comedy we have we've been seeing less and less of those there's been some good romantic comedies but you know even i think the the best i could think of is game night Game Night was a comedy yeah. adventure that came out, I think, last year. I really enjoyed it. Tag, I guess. Tag is. as well. I really liked that movie, even though but critics yeah, hated it. I haven't... I like comedy, and to be honest, I can't even tell you, like, the last time I've seen, like, a straight comedy in theaters. Like, I saw Beach Bum a couple weeks ago, but that's not, like, a true... Yeah. No, that's not the type of comedy we're describing. No, no, not at all. So, yeah, I maybe, think that genre's maybe, on its way out, it seems Which to is be. too bad. Yeah. People were saying romantic comedies were that way, but I think with Crazy Rich Asians, that's sort of come back a little bit because that yeah. was a very successful romantic comedy. And so, it has a bunch of sequels. Yeah, so. a bunch planned. So I think that, yeah, to me, it's it's just the original comedy seems to be going, going out the window. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Chris, fan of the show, writes in, uh, are you both in a mood? You don't seem to be enjoying movies in 2019. <laughs> and this is funny because we both started thinking about it and we were like, okay, well, no, hold on. We got defensive. <laughs> hold on. We like movies. We liked, you know, 
Stan and Ollie, and they, like I couldn't think of another movie this year <laughs> that I, I was like, like oh, I gave yeah, we started naming like all these movies. Like, I guess we are in a mood. They're just, I don't know, January, January and February, and even to some extent March, has been the dumping ground for Hollywood for a while, where yeah. they just, any movie that they think is not going to make money, and they think is going to be a flop, and they think is not very good, they throw it in those months because whatever, they want to save the summer, and oh, no, I'm just hitting my microphone, um, they, they save things for summer and fall and Oscar season, so I think that kind of makes sense, but... You know, now we're we're officially in summer movie season. May is official I'm, summer movie season. I'm still so enjoying movies, just not necessarily movies from 2019. Yeah. yeah. And you know, I had a fun time going to Hellboy, even though it wasn't mm-hmm. necessarily a good movie. Yeah. It was a good movie going experience. But I think I think we've been okay this year. Like I'm trying, like the certainly the past few episodes, I think we've had a few movies we've both seen that we didn't like. But I I liked Glass. I thought that was a very well done movie um, recently and. There's a several. I just can't think of any. You know, now I'd that I'm have to, to go to my it. movie log. I have a yeah. movie log, oh, and then I would be able to see. You know, what did I like? I'd have to go back through the podcast. But I guess as a listener, maybe we're we've just been maybe not on. as passionate. Yeah, we've been kind of neutral to the yeah. movies we've seen, and that's fine. That happens. Because I, you know, I didn't hate the lo- woman who loves giraffes. No, and I'm pretty sure I said it to see it. Yeah, and what did I see? The aftermath. Yeah, that, and, that one, and again, that was yeah. that was again a very middle ground. You kind of know what you're getting out of the movie. So I think that describes the winter, the late winter yeah. of movies. You know, yes. they're okay. They're fine. But you know, oh yeah. Anyways, <laughs> we but don't no, have. I, we Chris, don't have to I don't defend ourselves. Are no, we? I think no, I think we're, I think we're just um, we were we engaged were, critics. We were very warm and tired two or three weeks ago. <laughs> we, like, there was a bad episode a couple weeks ago because we were very overheated and tired. Yeah, it's very believe it or not, it's very hot yeah, in our recording yeah, room. We're, it's very warm right now. Um, I'm and I'm very distracted and uncomfortable. So by the heat. Yeah, yeah, yeah like it, it distracts me and makes me feel very tired. And, yeah, and I felt <laughs> off and weird all day. So today is not a great day, Chris. But we still love movies. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've seen Avengers so many times. Um, last question today comes from Katie. Uh, hi, Taylor and Mike. I'm not sure if you're allowed to talk about TV or not, but my dad and I have been watching Game of Thrones each week, and the series is coming to an end this year. There are only two more episodes left. Have you two been watching, and are you fans of the show? If so, what have you thought of the episodes so far? Thank you for taking your time to answer my question, Katie. We can talk about TV. We can do whatever we want. And I think this is a shout-out to Katie from the States. I believe so. Yeah, so yes. hi, Katie, our American fan. Glad to hear from you. I um, stopped watching Game of Thrones, um, I think, around the fourth or fifth season. They started to diverge really greatly from the books mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. – um, the show outpaced it did. the books. And so, you know, they had to improvise. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't really like the direction that they were taking some of the characters I liked, slash, like, not including some characters. So anyways, I kind of lost interest when they started diverging so greatly. I was able to follow the major plot points because of Tumblr. So I always I, I always have known what's going on. Yeah. Kind of the major, whoops, the major story. <laughs> we both now smacked our microphones because <laughs> we're talking with our hands so much. We're being very passionate. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I've always known kind of the major story arcs. Um, I am, I've wa- I watched the batter, Battle for Winterfell. So the, uh, the last week's episode? Yep. Yeah. Like, not this past Sunday, but yeah. the week prior. Okay. So I watched yeah. that, and I'll probably kind of more or less finish out the season. Yeah. But I'm not invested enough to, like, be glued to the TV. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if I miss an episode, like, I missed the first episode, mm-hmm. wasn't heartbroken. So that's kind of my... Um, I think the books are better. <laughs> I like the books better than mm. the show. Uh, every Sunday night, I sit down. You're a passionate fan. And I watch Game of Thrones. Then I keep HBO on and watch uh, Barry and Veep and Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. And I, I love it. And you fall asleep on your couch? I, I don't get to sleep very much. And I wake up to do usually squash at 6.30 a.m. the next day for some dumb reason. Busy, so, busy, yeah, busy. I, I really like Game of Thrones. Um, I have so many things that I could say about the last couple episodes and where they're going but i'm sort of trying to reserve judgment till the end because there's only two more episodes left yeah and i do i do think 
it's important to give, especially TV series, you should judge it by it, by its arc. Yeah, not give it room. By each episode. Give yeah. it room to kind of tell is, the story. There is like filler, but not filler in a way of like, oh, we just need to put something here, but filler in a way you need to get from one point to another and you have to develop in there. So I don't have much to say about the episodes, but I, yeah, I watch it every week. I do enjoy it. It's, um, yeah, I, I definitely would say I'm invested in it enough in that sense. Um, when it's gone, though, I'm not going to be I'm not going to be heartbroken because there's lots of great television. Oh, my there. gosh. They're going to have like six spinoffs. Oh, Did yeah. You hear and that? Yeah. There, there's going to be no problem. And all the all your favorite actors are fine. They're going to get lots of jobs. <laughs> like you don't have to worry. You don't have to worry. Even about Rob it. Stark's getting work. Oh, and he Rob was St killed off Rob in Stark's like season two. so long ago. And he's getting so much work. <laughs> oh, so you'll see them again. You don't have to worry about it. Those actors are all going to be, uh, they're going to be. They'll be, be all right. A lot of work. A lot of work. I, will like i would like to know who will end up on the iron throne but if someone just told me i'd be okay you know what i mean yeah, like i don't have to I, see it for up myself until recently i mean very so we'll give a quick tiny little spoiler warning because of something i'm about to say sort of a spoiler warning but like i would i would press mute for two seconds <laughs> if if you're a game of thrones fan up until recently i didn't think there was going to be an iron throne at the end of it but now oh. i'm pretty sure there is uh, because of the because of the battle of Winterfell. oh you thought they were the bad guys were gonna win well i thought that that the, those particular people were going to march through Winterfell without too much of an issue and they oh, have to retreat and then okay. there would be a secondary conflict Got i it. thought the entire conflict of this series was going to end with with this um, yeah, it was a, if you think the where they placed that battle, yeah. a little anticlimactic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so now I'm wondering what is the big climax of this. So now I've sort of shifted my focus again to quite wondering yeah. that exact thing: who's going to end up on the Iron yeah. Throne in the end? And I think it's 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 wide open. It's an I open. It could be anyone's game here. Gendry. You, you, you hope it's Gendry? The blacksmith. Yeah, but Gendry. Well, he was just made a lord, though. I mean, again, spoiler Well, alert, he but. is the bastard of... Of Robert uh, Baratheon. So he, by that lineage, and is the rightful heir to the so throne. So you didn't see this pre last episode. The one with the coffee cup? Yeah. Did no. You? No, okay. So, But you don't care. But I saw spoilers. what he said to... Arya and she... Yeah, yeah so spo spoiler <laughs> warning for a second, because we are going to talk about this to the last episode of Game of Thrones. Um, he, Daenerys made him a lord. Right. So she she granted him lord of whatever castle the Baratheons yeah. used to have or whatever. So he's actually noble now yeah. by way of that, because she's trying to gain allies and whatever. Um, and then, yeah, he immediately went and proposed to Arya. And she said, and she said no. no. <laughs> she, she said the, the thing you, you would hate... In this position, where like you got your life together, and there's this one person now he just go, wants the girl. Now you just want the girl, and you go, and like his proposal was really nice, and it's like yeah, and then she says no, and you're like oh no. But <laughs> like, you know she worst. did that because she has a mission to complete. Oh for sure, and she's she got can't her own be just she no, can't no. be distracted by her boyfriend. And I think she 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 said she brought a line back from the beginning of the series when she says like that's just not me. Yep, she's not a lady. Yeah, that's never been but her thing to become a lady. Obviously, Gendry doesn't want a lady. No. Otherwise, he, anyways, we Actually, could talk. No, no, he's more interested in her, so he doesn't care about the tomboy. The, no, he exactly. likes that she's exactly. rough around the edges yeah. and a trained assassin. And so I don't know. Maybe they'll end up together in the end, but I don't know. And fulfill Robert Baratheon's wish that well, his son and and yes, a Stark and will a Stark be wed. Will be wed. Yeah. So. so that is poetic. And but again, when I have a feeling that when you reject someone's proposal like that. I don't know. You can't <laughs> like, come back from Well, it. I feel like he would be pretty embarrassed, but I don't know. Maybe he he would just not care. But yeah, I feel like he's, he, we didn't see him for the rest of the episodes. So he's off for moping. For all we know, he's off moping and crying. So, But anyways, yeah. I, Gendry's my um, underdog vote. I Yeah, I I would have, see, I, I still think it's it's going to come down to Daenerys, Daenerys and, John. and John because it's just, I think they're, now again, because it's Game of Thrones and they like to throw you know they like to throw us for a loop it's sort of pointing at there's going to be that conflict in the end even though i think he's a very he's a very reluctant leader but everyone wants him except he's he didn't give leader. snow goodbye pets no because he wrote a dragon why would you want to <laughs> who cares about your dire wolf after you've written a dragon all of these spoilers are like out of context absolutely people have no idea what we're talking I about haven't even seen the episode yes. <laughs> because once you once you ride a dragon why would you care about your dire wolf oh and his poor ear was bitten off well yeah because zombies you know Ugh. that's what happens anyways anyway that's that's our game of thrones talk for that for could be a whole other podcast oh absolutely there's watching thrones 
Bones is one of my favorite podcasts. Well, there you go. Um, so thank you, everyone, for your fan questions. Again, if you want to ask us a question, just send us an email to screeningandkingston at gmail.com, or you can find us on social media. You know where to find us. We're everywhere. So just drop us a, uh, what, do you, what do the kids call it, a DM? Drop direct a, message? Yeah, direct message. That's normally with romantic overture oh is it oh okay yeah. don't drop us at the end <laughs> then just, i mean you can I mean, but yeah we'll, please and, don't hey, and we'll propose. read it out loud <laughs> yeah please yeah. don't propose to us send us send us your best proposals <laughs> and we will read them out loud on the air um okay let's get into some movies that we saw um we both saw her smell yeah and then you went and checked out amazing grace yeah so you want to talk about amazing grace first sure so amazing grace um We've been on our social media. We've been describing it as a music documentary. What would be more accurate to call it is a concert movie. Mm. So um, unlike kind of, you know, often when there's concert documentaries, I think what people are most used to is you see a song and then they do backstage. They do a song, then they do an interview. You know what I mean? Like it's it's kind of the whole thing. Well, this um, concert was just the concert. Kind of from start to finish. Interesting. No added interviews, no behind the scenes. So it was, it was just a concert for... Yeah. So oh. the this was originally filmed in the early 70s in a church. Um, this was Aretha Franklin's gospel, live gospel album. Mm. It went on to be the best-selling gospel album of all time, and it still holds that record. So... Um, I think it was NBC or one of the one of the um, major networks wanted to record it, both the audio for the album, but then also the footage because they wanted to air it on mm. TV later. But um, the director or the producer, whoever, didn't use clapboards, so there was no way to sync the sound to the image. Oh, so all of the footage was shelved. Yeah, until like like 2010 or something where i don't know if they got the technology or what so essentially they were able to edit wow edit it down so that's kind of the behind the scenes that's but you really don't interesting. you don't see that in no, no. the movie they the movie starts with a shot of uh watts which is like a neighborhood in uh, los angeles and over the footage it kind of gives the background you know this is the concert um it was never released because of technical difficulties and then you just see Aretha sing. And that's it? <laughs> that's it. Wow. But she, um, it, she, it's such a great performance that I would definitely recommend seeing it on the big screen. Because it's like attending like a very intimate concert. I know you're not a music guy. No. And you're probably definitely not inclined to gospel. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> this actually sounds the exact opposite of, of what, what you'd want like to see. Yeah. see. yeah. So this is not a mic movie but um i personally for me this is a see it because it's a pretty rare opportunity to see kind of a legend like she is oh if you're the, a music fan i could 100% she is the see queen yeah. she's considered the queen of soul queen of gospel you yeah. know like uh, she was like the the music lady <laughs> you know what i mean so being able to see her um in a very intimate venue you know there's um the people she plays with, she's familiar with, so they kind of give... There's a little bit of talking in the sense yeah, of a yeah. regular concert. There's yeah. kind of a little bit of banter. She doesn't really talk, but the other people do. So I thought it was um, great, personally. I like, could, chills. Yeah. Like, chills listening to her sing. If you're the type of person who, who at the end of Bohemian Rhapsody, liked that it broke into a 30-minute concert of the Live Aid <laughs> performance recreated, then, like, I could 100% see that person liking yeah. this movie in that sense. Because it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And especially if you're younger and you weren't really yeah. around during a, during this time, like, it's kind of a cool way to relive it in music. Yeah, it, may, it might not be my cup of tea, but that doesn't mean another person who's not really interested in music wouldn't love it. I just think it's, you know, especially, I think, concert movies. I've seen them on TV and stuff, and they're good. Like, I love... One of my favorite movies is In Bed with Madonna. It's a it's her Blonde Ambition tour, mm. and it's a combination of interviews and um, yeah. footage. That I watch, uh, not every year, but it's a movie that I return to again and again. Yeah. It would have been amazing to see it on the big screen. Yeah. So that's why for me, it's like if you're interested in music, even if you don't necessarily listen to gospel or listen to Aretha Franklin, yeah. 
to experience it on the big screen is a pretty rare opportunity. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I definitely think I would be more inclined to see a movie like you're describing with the Madonna one where there's there's interviews and there's yeah. behind the scenes and you're kind of getting into that. Like, it would have been, I would be more interested in this movie if they had shown the struggles, sound, and technology-wise yeah. of trying to put this movie together while intercutting with the movie. That would have been kind of cool. But again, that's that's my interest. So it sounds like if you're into music, you'll love this movie. Yeah. At one point, someone does spill a glass of water on wires. Nice. So you see a little, like, a little, because <laughs> it's sparks. live, you do see a little <laughs> tiny, tiny bit, but I think... Uh, I went with my friend Bronwyn and she was expecting more of a, a traditional concert movie mm-hmm. that I think viewers are mostly used to. Yeah. Um, but this essentially is like listening to the album, but yeah, visually. There you go. So there you go. Playing right now at the screening room. Yeah. And it's getting amazing buzz. Great. So don't just take my word for it. So you, it's a see it. Yes. Playing at the screening room in Kingston. So check that out. Okay. Um, her smell. I mean, this is what I want to say, okay, about this movie. I, I kind of look at this movie as broken up into four parts. Yeah, sort acts. Of four acts, if you will, every time it faded to black and kind of came back. Two of the four are very stylistically different than the other two. Right. The, the two acts, the beginning and sort of the, the middle, no, I guess the end, actually, where where they're getting ready for the concert and it's all the behind the scenes and they're kind of in the tight corridors and you're kind of in the green room. There's constant soundscapes and you can hear things and buzzing and stuff. I hate it. I found it so distracting. I thought the sound mixing of this movie was just the weirdest thing ever because I could barely hear the dialogue that was coming I also had a very hard time. I think I understood maybe 75% of the dialogue. I can tell you one character's name because of how hard Elizabeth it was to hear something or liz what what's her name liz well, I was something say becky oh yeah that's her becky. name becky yeah, see becky. i didn't even know yeah, her name but like i like her the, the tall girl with the accent it starts with an m i think i don't know her name and like that that's part of my problem with this film is i kind of i kind of went through ups and downs watching this movie like at the beginning I honest, like, just this is an honest opinion. I was like, this seems like an amateur film to me. Like, this seems like a, I would see this as like a student film. But then as it got going, like in the second sort of act, I kind of got into it when they were in the recording studio and talking. Like, I started to get more into the plot and it was interesting me. But I just found the dialogue so odd and out of worldly. Like, I was waiting. This was the type of movie where I was waiting for in the third act it to be like oh we're in purgatory and i would have been like oh absolutely yeah it just seems so out of this world the way they were speaking to each other the way even the characters who weren't hyped up on drugs the way they were talking to each other seems like i don't think i've ever heard a human say that i feel like um the other characters i could and i'm like okay their dialogue is normal um elizabeth moss's character she plays becky something the lead character I felt like the I agree with you. The dialogue was so weird that it felt like she was just saying words, mm-hmm. but not even like um, you know, like I kept expecting it to be like symbolism or like, but it's like no, she literally was just saying words, and it didn't even feel like acting. Like it, yeah. you know, I didn't feel like she was embodying the words or giving meaning to the dialogue. It was literally just watching someone say words that were stringed together. And I'm like, I don't understand. Like, I think I'm trying, like, I think this movie's was trying to put a point of her character being a little different and strange and sort of the, the pressures of the fame and success. It was very evident that she had mental health. Clearly Uh, substance abuse in several ways. I feel like you can, portray mental health and drug abuse and still have coherent dialogue well we've seen it like that's the thing like this beautiful boy right yeah beautiful boy we've seen movies that are similar to this where i mean this is another behind the scenes of the life of a a musician yeah it pretty much goes the way you think it's going to it's it's pretty much this there's nothing that happens and you're like wow they behave like this of course they're musicians like that's basically what the movie's saying and i'm kind i mean again i'm kind of a little sick of it anyway but this movie i just whatever they were trying wasn't working for me i i i didn't care about her 
I didn't want her to have a happy ending. But even even the secondary characters. So so her her ex-husband or, or at least her baby daddy, um, her manager, even her mother, like even when they spoke, I couldn't really hear them. And it didn't nothing was I didn't get information from people. People were just I felt like they were talking for the sake of talking. I felt no connection to this film. Yeah, absolutely. And and I again, I was trying to put myself in the mind of the filmmakers and the writers and I think they were trying to do something with the, with the stylistic choices of when we're we're here and behind stage and and she's hyped up on drugs everyone's feeling this certain way and then it's quieter and it's a bit of a different soundtrack and soundscape the other. yeah and I can't I mean I get it but it just didn't work for me it, the the movie seemed a little disjointed until they got to the recording studio which is probably about like I don't know 20 minutes half hour into the movie by the time the second act begins it's almost like a, the movie is now starting. Like, that was just, like, stuff. And then now here comes the movie. And it just didn't... I don't know. It, just, it felt so disjointed. I didn't really get where they were going with it. I definitely feel like you said, like, the no connection whatsoever to the characters in this. But again, some of the dialogue, I just felt wasn't strong enough and wasn't conveying enough and I I think it was lost on me what the kind of point of this was. Well, my friend Nicole is like, oh, when I told her, like, okay, I, the dialogue was banana. She's like, well, of course, like, Becky something is a lunatic. And I think... But, like, I've seen mental illness portrayed on screen and haven't thought the dialogue was weird. You know what, I, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, I felt like the dialogue was so weird in this movie that yeah. it just... It, I don't understand the artistic choices they yes, were making. Yes, I agree with that, yeah. I don't, I don't understand if they're trying to make a bigger point about the music industry or, you know what I mean? Like, there was no depth to the film. Like, we were literally watching someone on a downward spiral. Then she gets her redemptive arc. And I think kind she of, has yeah. given us... No evidence no. that she deserves a redemptive arc. And even even in even in the end of the movie, I felt like I didn't really yeah, I didn't really see that transition. It skipped over the part where you would see a transition of person. She just sort of like really hit rock bottom and then kind of They're like they, flash I, I think she said one year later. Yeah, one year later. So it, you you've missed the the character redeeming themselves and then you're just essentially supposed to believe it but i guess i mean the last act you're supposed to be questioning whether or not she's gone back to yeah. the old ways or not but i didn't care enough to question i, I was just like whatever she's either gonna go, she's either gonna do what most people do which is go insane and then whatever or she's going to be with her daughter and do whatever but again i just i didn't get that connection it was boring I wanted. to me yeah. it was a boring story yeah i thought you're not doing anything interesting in terms of narrative yeah you're structural your the actual structural artistic decisions they're making don't make sense yeah that that i definitely agree with that like i definitely see they were trying things and i definitely see they were and they were committing to it like the actors were committing to whatever was happening it's just it, i don't think it worked i just think it fell um, flat one interesting thing nicole told me is that um the acts were filmed in real time so what were you know what i you know how normally when we watch a movie mm -hmm. things are edited and mm -hmm. it's not unfolding over real time mm -hmm. these acts unfolded over real time oh i see so maybe again that's that's an artistic decision they made which there, i don't there were a lot of like steady cam long shots yeah. in this so that that makes sense that it, they were filmed over real time but again i'm like why yeah i don't know it doesn't it didn't add no for me personally it, it didn't that's not like an interesting and having the dialogue also be hard to understand and then quiet also didn't add anything to with me. that jarring yeah sound design over top of which it which didn't make me i mean i wasn't it didn't make me feel uncomfortable if that was the idea it just made me go wait what are they saying like i can't yeah. hear them and then if i can't hear you i can't yeah i don't you know i don't feel anything you know what it reminds me of i'm gonna get mean for a second but like whatever i thought of this and it made me laugh giggle not smile i smile um do you remember rebecca black the whole friday thing? yeah okay so this do you know the story behind that she basically had a bunch of money and wanted to do something with it because she got it for her birthday and, and she went to like a producer to that, producer and yeah. made this video it reminds me of that where this director or writer or someone had a pile of money because there are some there are some bc list like actors in this that probably cost money um had a bunch of money 
and was like, we're doing this, and here's my script. And everyone was like, okay, okay. well, you're paying us enough, so I'll shut up. And then they just did it. <laughs> it was like the room. Yeah, it was like the, but it's, <laughs> but that's the thing is I don't want to even give it's it that better, much credit. It's better production value. It's than the way room. better production value than the room. But it's also like, we're really going to take this seriously and really going to dive into it. But the room is such a phenomenon because that only once can you do that and it becomes such a thing. I feel like it just fell flat and just didn't work, but it, it definitely felt like it was one person's vision. Maybe the Rebecca Black comparison is too mean, but it's I think it was one person's vision. They wanted to do this. This is the way they wanted to do it, and it just didn't work, which is fine. I'll credit anyone for experimenting and trying something, but it just didn't work for me. Maybe, like, I just don't... <laughs> I don't know. Like, I watch, like, quote-unquote art house movies. You know, like, I'm used yeah. to making directors taking kind of liberties or making artistic choices did you see mother yeah you know, i didn't like but i didn't like i didn't mother. like mother either but again <laughs> same similar thing yeah. i was like the director made a choice and committed to it but i feel like that director has gravitas to them yeah and even those actors this guy's do. pretty new i think relatively new i don't know i think like the person i saw it with um bronwyn she enjoyed it so this is a movie that i wouldn't necessarily deter people from seeing um like, this isn't a flat-out skip-it for me. Really? Because I think there will be some people who find it interesting. I, I, I would like to have a conversation with those people because I don't... I, there was nothing... Like, the person I saw it with, which was me, <laughs> did, really didn't enjoy himself. So I was not... I, I didn't came out of that... Now, okay, I wasn't, like... I wasn't as passionate about disliking it as i've been with other movies yeah. but i definitely came out of it with not much redeeming quality and not much that i could even pick out from it that i that i really liked other than the fact that i appreciate artistic commitment to something mm -hmm. and as much as i agree with your point about um elizabeth moss and that's at her times, name right yeah, when, I hear it out, moss, when yeah. i hear it out loud it sounds like that's not no, that's, her name that's her name no <laughs> i i agree with what you said like there's times where she's just spaying words but like she gave it her all the entire movie that's, like she like commits i'll give her that yeah. she made or maybe the director whoever yeah, said you know elizabeth this is what i want yeah. and she went for it she yeah. wasn't afraid of being ugly she wasn't afraid of looking like a fool she did whatever yeah but to me it's still didn't make sense that's you see and that's that's exactly how i feel about the movie too i can appreciate the art behind it and i can appreciate the direction and the way the actors were but i don't i still don't think it worked and i just don't think it, it i just don't think it landed it's like um you know it's uh, what i could compare it to is maybe like uh, my own private idaho which like included like shakespearean lines mm. in the film but it made sense in that context you know like yeah directors sometimes the dialogue doesn't always make sense yeah but in that context it makes sense you know what did I mean? you see green book the movie yes. green not yeah. green book <laughs> the green green, green room? room love it okay so at the beginning, it reminded me a lot of Green Room. It's a little, it's a little dungier of a yeah. movie. Uh, everything, even, not just because the setting is is very much enclosed spaces, but what and I, you enter the story you, as it's happening, as it's happening, and it, the dialogue's quite a bit quieter, and, and things are a little bit like disjointed. Mm -hmm. But where Green Room really took off for me was when the plot picks up. So the plot of them essentially being stuck in this place with neo Nazis. And that's where the movie took off. Mm -hmm. And it gave everyone a focal point. This movie was missing its focal point. I don't think yeah, there was a plot no... point. Is she trying to get her daughter uh, back? Is she trying to get this record released? Is she trying? I don't know what's happening. And there was no follow through plot point that helped to unite the movie behind it. So when there's these other things that happen in Green Room, I felt engaged because yeah, it was following through in that. But I, I had a strong comparable to these two movies, but I think Green Room did it really well, and her smell just missed for me. Yeah, yeah. So for me, it's a skip it, because I don't think there's much here. But I, de I definitely get your point. If you know people who, who enjoy it, then maybe some people might give this a, a shot. I think this is, uh, um, an un in terms of style, it's an unconventional movie. And normally, like my review of Mandy, Mandy's super unconventional mm -hmm. and i said go see it if you're a metal fan if you yeah, like nicholas cage yeah. and if you like unconventional movies go see mandy this one i'm like it's unconventional if you like grunge music maybe like i don't i don't want to deter people from seeing it 
But at the same time, I'm like, it doesn't have a lot, in my opinion, that's yeah. going for it. But I yeah. know people who did like it. So yeah. it's hard for me to kind of be like... So you're kind of on the... More I'm on, on the, the fence. fence. Okay. Um, it, would it be better probably on the big screen versus... You know, it would be better probably to watch on Netflix because you can watch it with subtitles. Yeah. So I would say stream it because you can fix yeah. the audio. There you go. And you might get a better <laughs> experience. <laughs> there you go. So that's her smell, which is playing at the screen room right now. But... I'm saying skip it, and, and Taylor is saying stream it. It's a limited it. engagement. Yeah, so it's, it's only, only here for week. a bit. Yeah, um, but anyway, uh, we'll we'll continue on with that. We're gonna jump now into our headlines. Yes, I just got up. It's time for everyone's favorite segment, beloved by every single listener. Not a great plan. Let's do a head count here. Your brother, the demigod, a super soldier, living legend who kind of lives up to the legend, a man with breathtaking anger management issues, a couple of master assassins, and you, big fella. You've managed to piss off every single one of them. That was the plan. Not a great plan. That's right, it's not a great plan, where we take a look at headlines and current movie news and see what Tony Stark thinks of them. Here's our first headline. Not even God can save this endgame-spoiling youth pastor. Not a great plan. Not quite my tempo. So tell us about this. So it was, um, it was actually a video clip, <laughs> so you can watch it, him spoiling... Oh, it's a video uh, it, clip. It's a video. I, it's the article I read was like kind of a summary of the video. But essentially, if you'd like, you can get the spoiler. Um, we should put that out on our social media and to dwell with a spoiler. We'll let warning, them know that we'll it's a spoiler. Know it's a spoiler warning, so yeah. I guess this youth pastor, you know, he's in like a mega church. There's like a ton of young people in front of him. He's giving a sermon, and he kind of compares something to a major plot point in Endgame, like major major huge spoiler and this was only like a week from the movie and you can just he says it and everyone in the audience goes no and you can just see oh, on his face like yeah. you're in trouble there. i done messed up so anyways that's the headline <laughs> you just you have to give spoiler ones and that's why we waited so long like so many podcasts and youtube groups have already done their spoiler talk and we're a little late to the game, but I wanted to give people time. I know people can't see a movie right away. My whole rule is always wait till the first Tuesday before saying anything. I wonder if the pastor um, just flubbed. Probably. It was probably just, you know, not he's thinking off about the it. cuff. Yeah. He's making an analogy or whatever. Yeah, and he and saw it. And once you, because once you see the movie, you get out of that mindset yeah. of spoilers because you've seen it, of course. So, no, I mean, I get it. It's just, you got to know better than that. Oh my gosh, I've spoiled two birthday presents within the span of 15 minutes once so yeah. <laughs> but also i should note the pastor then went oh whatever i've just saved you 12 bucks to an overpriced movie that was like well, his, i disagree his comeback I disagree with that all right next headline sonic the hedgehog director pledges to fix his effed up mammal son not a great plan so um this past week the first um the first trailer for the new Sonic the Hedgehog movie has come out. Mm -hmm. um, Jim Carrey plays the villain. And um, Sonic looks pretty weird. Yeah. Um, he has human teeth. Very very strange design to Sonic. He's like kind of tall and skinny. Mm -hmm. And he has human teeth. And his running shoes are kind of small. Mm -hmm. I don't know. So anyways, he looks really bad. <laughs> and um, the fans... Um, complained so much that the director s sent out this tweet and i'll read it thank you for the support and the criticism the message is loud and clear you aren't happy with the design and you want changes it's going to happen everyone at paramount and sega are fully committed to making this character the best he can be so i feel really bad now for that director like what a <laughs> i've never seen this happen before where yeah they've had now they're gonna have to they're redo. gonna read and that's gonna like animation that's gonna take forever but so, i feel really bad like to 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 see something you're doing i mean we, we just bashed a movie but to see something you're doing bashed on the internet and stuff like of course you feel all like the memes <laughs> yeah all the memes and stuff of course you feel like okay we got to fix this and i understand that it's just i don't know i just can't having seen 
the new Sonic and, you know, you compare it to the cartoon, like mm-hmm. the original mm-hmm. animation, I can't imagine that it's it went through so many people I know. and so many people approved like he looks weird. How do, and how do you? It's just how do you miss those things when so many people have to go through and approve? Yeah, it? like twenty people probably yeah. were like, that "It's just looks like good. The, it's just like the Starbucks cup in the Game of Thrones <laughs> yeah. thing. It's like how could you miss Even, that? How did the actress that plays Daenerys not? Like how did nobody, not <laughs> one person, saw that cup there? Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I agree. I th- do I yourself think a favor. So look at the Sonic and uh, the teeth is. That hey, was the main. I agree. It looks but... weird, but I don't know. I think, I think the, it's through Paramount, and Paramount is desperate for a successful franchise. So I think they're looking at this, being like, we gotta fix this. Well, this is like a billion dollar yeah. franchise, and and frankly, what Sonic looks like is not gonna make this movie good or not. Like, if the movie is good, people will get used to the look of a character. I think they will. I, I, I don't do think, think but you would. I think people would be deterred from seeing the movie because it looks so weird. They might be. But I think that uh, I think that if this was Marvel, they wouldn't do anything. Because this happens all the time where a first trailer comes out and people are like, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, whatever, just see the movie. Well, they and, changed you know. the genie from Aladdin because everyone complained about the genie. But I think they didn't. I think that was always the plan. They just weren't done yet. Okay. Because I think, like, I know that, like, things changed with him, but I think... They were still working on the CGI. He's like, um, he can take human form. Yeah, he can. So yeah, he's not yeah. blue the whole movie. No, no. Which I actually think is a, is a good decision. You well, know, it's live action. It up. It's live action. Why not have him be live Who action? Who says a genie has to be blue? And Will Smith is very charismatic on his own. So Yeah. All right. Next so headline. Our next headline is our Jesse Smollett update. Oh, so we have a little sound clip to kick us off for all of our Jesse Smollett uh, headlines. And I think that it was something I was called. Oh, that's what it was. I did a film a long time ago called The Skinny. <laughs> so we just picked a little him sounding a little so silly. Okay. <laughs> um, so this is the headline. Fox renews Empire for season six, but Jesse Smollett probably won't be back. Not a great plan. I don't want your life. And I think that it was something I was called. Oh, that's what it was. I did a film a long time ago called The Skinny. So, um, the network has extended Smollett's contract to cover for season six, but quote, there are no plans for his character Jamal to return to Empire. So, um, it's, he'll be paid essentially for the sixth season, but it's kind of up in the air, um, whether he'll come back. It seems the article I read is, uh, they're putting forward the idea that they're wait the, the network is waiting to see what's going to happen you know the city of chicago is still suing him Mm. for the investigation costs so i think they're kind of on the fence to see whether or not it's going to be a gamble for to have him on the show (laughs) (laughs) i'm trying to be an uh a diligent reporter here mike i'm I'm like losing it (laughs) i'm like crying because it's so funny So um, that that's my my news update for the the Smollett case. For listeners who don't remember, uh, a couple months back, he went to the Chicago police saying that he was um, a victim of a hate crime. The Chicago police then frame uh, then accused him of, of fabricating the hate crime of you know kind of perpetrating the crime on himself. Then the, all of the charges were dropped. <laughs> yeah. The city of Chicago is now suing him for mm-hmm. the investigative costs. So it's kind of um, still unfolding. You can see, obviously, the network is trying to, um, Fox is trying to hedge its bets. Yeah, and it kind of makes sense, you know, with all, everything you just even described. It makes sense why a network would be pretty hesitant to, to continue with I mean, with, he's with very, what's the word, divisive? <laughs> divisive yeah. divisive sorry um yeah no definitely people like people are heated because it seems from the comments i read uh it seems like people think that he is guilty of of perpetrating the crime that seems to be the like general the court, consensus the court yeah. of public opinion yeah but then the fact that you know charges were dropped yeah you know and the 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 chicago police are notorious for kind of corruption and yeah. for you know perpetrating their own sort of um racist crimes so it's a very um convoluted story 
and Fox is kind of notorious for kind of being more on the right anyways. Absolutely. And so. it kind of, it kind of, kind of puts everything into a little perspective of like, what is going on? Like it makes it more convoluted, Who you know? Who knows? Um, okay. Well, why don't you give us our next headline? Green Book Bombshell. Producer says it was aimed at an older white audience. Not a great plan. Uh, yeah. So I mean that that headline's a little bit tongue in cheek in the sense that it's not anyone who I think saw the movie. That was my that was my review of the movie. The movie was fine, but it was definitely made for a very specific audience. I think that's super clear. I don't know why he had to come out and say it. I guess he was on. Um, he was the producer was on a panel. I think for diversity and um diversity in film, and mm. I think he said, you know, we still need to make. He's. We still need to teach older white people that racism is bad, and sometimes we still need to make movies for older white people. And listen, I don't. I actually don't disagree with that point. I. I wouldn't. Considering if you read, literally, if you read just any news ever, that's abundantly clear. I don't think that we're as far along as a society in some circles as people think. I don't think it's just an age thing. Um, I think there's actually a lot, a cry for a lot of those things. So I don't disagree with that concept. However, I still think when you have an opportunity like Green Book to tell a story that a does seem interesting. Exactly. You could have taken the more interesting route with it. And yes, I'm sure there are some audiences that wouldn't have responded to it. But I still think the the people who go to see film, I think, are still some of the more people who who see films and read and and ex, you know explore these concepts are more educated on them so why not do something that's a little more complex than than green book is i also kind of take it um a little bit the other way my reading of green book was that it's going to affirm the beliefs of an older white audience kind of the you know our parent generation are, are a little bit older saying who are who are self-identified as more or less liberal but their liberalism isn't progressive mm. um they would probably be described as moderates or centrists in their political views so in my mind this film was affirming the political mm. and social beliefs of a cent of an older white centrist saying i you know racism is bad like look at these mm -hmm. look at these this black mm -hmm. guy and this white guy get along can't we all do that like yeah. to me that was that was my reading of green book mm -hmm. not that Green Book is not going to convince older white people if they're racist. Green Book is not the thing that's going to not make. I'm them sorry, racist. it's 2019. Even if you don't think this, it's true. You're not going to remember Green Book next year. No, you're just not. I know people think that way, and and everyone likes to get on their soapbox. But trust me, it's going to go away. There's too much. We have too much information now. We have too much media now. You're not going to remember Green Book by next year. So don't this worry. This is going to be one it. of those things where, like, you know, you do a. A quiz like oh name Oscar winners. Yeah, this isn't one that you're gonna no, remember. You're not gonna remember. You're gonna you're gonna go oh uh, uh, Shakespeare in Love it won. <laughs> that's what you're that's what you're gonna say. <laughs> okay, next headline. Uh, you, you'll love or hate this theory about Todd Phillips the Joker, and the theory being the Joker is Batman's brother. Point. I don't want your life. I was a little trigger happy on that. Uh, I hate this this theory. So I'm gonna just read kind of the synopsis so like okay. what this theory is based on so using clues from the film's casting call descriptions screen rant surmised that thomas wayne bruce's father is at the exact right age to have illegitimately fathered arthur who is that's the name of you know the joker before he comes becomes the joker mm -hmm. to illegitimately fathered arthur while a young up-and-coming executive What's more, the character's description for Fleck's mother, Arthur Fleck, um, notes that she was very attractive in her youth, obsessed with her former employer, and unable to believe that this is what her life has come to. It's not so far-fetched to believe that the former employer is Wayne Enterprises. So this is definitely, you know, just speculative film theory. You yes. know what I mean? Like, yeah, we, yeah. we don't really know what no. the plot of the new Joker movie is going to be. No. But apparently, I didn't know this watching the trailer the joker at one point kind of there's a little boy behind a fence and there he is. and he kind of puts you know he makes him smile you know mm -hmm. um apparently that is supposed to be bruce wayne yeah, yeah. so um uh, you know the movie is a long way out it's not coming out until october so this is what the fans do you know oh, yeah, they want to speculate, speculate and they're gonna go into old canon yep. you know they're gonna pull up Definitely. some old joker comics and kind of see you know I think there even is maybe a storyline 
that Bruce has another brother. Yeah, because in the comics go off in a lot of different ways. So in one of the iterations, there is a half brother. Right. So, you know, it's again, in terms of canon, yeah. it's not like super crazy, but um, yeah. people are going to ha- hate it. Yep. And I hate it. Um, so why don't we end today's episode with a little bit of happy news about the movie Willow. Right. So Willow is in the talk in talks to be um, rebooted as a television series. The original actor from Willow um, is kind of, you know, in talks to um, continue his original role. It's Mm -hmm. going to be kind of set not like in the future in terms of like a space, like futuristic, (laughs) just after the events of the original Willow movie. Excellent. it's you know still everything's in talks nothing is in stone but just know um there may be a willow tv show in the future very exciting thank you everyone that's all the time we have we're actually a few seconds over but thank you so much for for uh, tuning in this week go see some movies and i think that it was something i was called oh that's what it was i did a film a long time ago called the skinny